0: Hey, this is Jeremy Reisner, pastor of C2 Church. Thanks so much for joining us on the C2 Church podcast today. I hope it inspires and builds your faith and helps you see that God is up to something in your life. Enjoy the message. I forgot to turn on my mic. All right, so whenever Jennifer talks or I talk about Jesus or Team Dak, I tend to get a little reclimped. So um, give me a second. I'll get myself together right now. I'm having a, little, having a moment um let me just say that uh two things first of all jennifer beautiful thank you so much for that got myself all worked up again (laughs) one more time because it's probably gonna happen again uh what a great honor it is for me as kind of team dac lead to have our entire family back so tj got in from uh, on leave last night, so we've got all three boys. Lindsey's back with uh, with the preschoolers, um, and so uh, you're welcome on behalf of Team DAC for those of you who have preschoolers. Um, honor for me to uh, have the opportunity to share some time with you today, uh, and um, and I just pray. In fact, we're going to pray. Let's just do that right now. God, here's the deal. I bring nothing, but you bring everything. Speak your truth in a way that grips the hearts of your children this morning. Through me, silently to people in their chair, I don't care how you do it. Just speak your truth, Lord God. This is what we pray. Your word is so good, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to glorify you. And, and count on you to do the work. In your holy name, we pray. So, here's the deal. We've been in a series called The Verses That Made Us, I pointed that way, for you it's that way, um, for about four weeks now. And aside from our pastoral staff's incredible talents on display for the past three weeks before this, I've noticed something, maybe you've noticed it or not, but God is weaving a narrative. This isn't just a series, and then Matt talks, and then Ben talks, and then Ryan talks, and now I'm up. It's not it at all. God is weaving, weaving a narrative. And so if you remember when we had our outdoor service a few weeks ago, Matt was the speaker. The first thing he did was he invited some of the kids from Kids Church up to share their scriptures uh, some of the scriptures that they had learned in kids' church that they had memorized. And so Vivian came up, and Lincoln and, uh, and um, Elena came up, and CJ and Malin, and they all did such a good job of reciting scripture that they had learned. But the first one, and I don't, you may or may not remember this, but the very first kid that came up was Aiden, Aiden Peck. And the scripture that he recited was John 3.16. And that is how we kicked off this entire series for the summer called The Verses That Made Us. And I cannot think of a better way to kick off this series. Let's be clear about this. Two things. First of all, we said, hey, would you guys come up and recite something you've learned in Kids Church? Aiden decided to go a different direction with his, first, with his favorite verse. The other thing is, he clearly didn't have the first clue about the series or what Matt was going to talk about or any of that. But God used Aiden to set the stage for the entire summer of messages. And then that day, he used Matt to tell us that all of Scripture is God-breathed. We can trust it. Whatever it says, we can trust that. It's trustworthy and it's useful. And he's given it to us to show us who he is and to show us who we are and to tell us that he loves us anyway that's how we started so the next week Ben came up here and in his uh, super eloquent I read the Bible for one second and then I talk with no notes for 20 minutes way <laughs> which is awesome I tried I was like how am I ever um, but he but through Ben God reminded us, number one, he gave us trust in his scripture, and then he said, hey, guess what? I have a plan. Don't worry about it. He, first of all, he said it to the, the Israelites, remember, when they were in captivity for what they thought maybe a couple years. 70 years in captivity in Babylon. He said, don't worry about it. I've got a plan. And then last week, Ryan comes up, and he peels back one more layer, goes one layer deeper, and he says... Not only do I have a plan, says God, but everything that happens, happens for the good of those who love me. So this is the narrative that God is weaving throughout this summer. I encourage you to be here every week you possibly can, and when you cannot, it's online. Hi online people, I haven't said hi, hi. Um, Look it up. Watch it, because God is weaving a narrative. Today, when last week Ryan said uh, he works all things together for the good of those who love me. Today, give me about 20 minutes, and we'll do our best to do this. Define what does that mean, those who love me. That's our goal today. Fair? Is that good? So about a year ago, I started having to wear readers, so it's going to be super awkward. I'm going to put them on and pull them off and put them on and pull them off. Um, so hopefully that's not distracting. I just called it to your attention, so that's all you're going to watch for the next 20 minutes, I know. Um, so anyway, in order to do this, for our fourth installment, we're going to open to the only book in the Bible written by a surfer. Anybody know what that is? Dude! Hieronomy. So, um, and Joel, I'll be taking that crown on my way when I'm done up here. Just you know. Actually, actually today we're going to talk about one of the most foundational scriptures in the entire Bible. And that is Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. And this is what it says. Yay, I get one applause. Um, What's a singular of applause? I don't really know. This is what it says. It says, I'm going to read it right right out of the book. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God... The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Can I just say that this scripture to me is especially poignant on Father's Day because it is the answer to the test. It kind of lines out the entire thing. If you did nothing as a father or as a father a follower of Christ, whatever kind of person you are, but if you did nothing as a father beyond what this scripture says. Here, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your, or with all your uh, heart, your soul, and your might. You will have crushed it as a dad. You will have crushed it as a believer in Christ if you did nothing else. So I think this is super foundational. I think it's awesome for today. But let's talk about a little bit of context. We're not... Um, We're not just going to drop this verse on you and expect you to understand what's going on. So the book of Deuteronomy, um, not in fact named by a surfer. Um, It is the fifth book of the Bible and the final book of the Torah or the Jewish scriptures. And here's what's going on. Um, If you remember that there was a point at which the Israelites were captive in Egypt. And then God did some amazing things to release them from captivity through the Red Sea, all that stuff. And after that happened, they went and they hung out for about a year at the base of a mountain called Mount Sinai. And at that mountain for that year, God spoke to Moses and to the Israelite people through Moses, right? And so he gave them some laws and he established his covenant relationship with the Israelite people. He established a nation of his own there at Mount Sinai. For the following four decades, they took a fairly miserable journey led by God. It only had to take 11 days, by the way, if they were making good choices. They weren't making good choices. And so they took a four decade miserable journey through kind of some wilderness, hopefully on their way to make it to the Promised Land. The problem is because the Promised Land is an, an area that God promised to them to flourish and to be uh, his people and to establish a nation. But because um, time after time after time after time after time, they chose not to honor him. Um, they they ended up walking and walking and walking and walking and walking for the last uh, for a long time. So so here's what's going on. And they actually that generation never got to enter the promised land. Okay, you got that. So here in Deuteronomy, we've got the new generation. These were the children or the not born yet people who left Egypt in the exodus and, um, and all, primarily the previous generation had passed away at this point point. and Moses says, okay, we're going to go into the promised land now or you're going to go into the promised land. He's not because he was part of that previous generation. But here's what I'm going to do. I want to establish again this covenant relationship. I want you to understand what this relationship was with God and I want you to live it and love it Love him and serve him in the way that he, that he desires. So, so it's really been broken up in three parts, this book of Deuteronomy. The first is uh, Moses summarizes all the stuff that I just kind of talked about um, and how time and time and time and time and time again their parents had failed God. They had walked away from him. They had slandered him. They had done terrible things. But how time and time and time and time again God had shown grace to them in abundance to provide for them every day, and also to um, maintain his covenant with them, even if they weren't doing it with him. So that's the first part of the book. The middle part of the book is a bunch of laws. Some of them are new, and many of them are the previous laws that had been given to the Israelite people at Mount Sinai. Um, and that's actually where we get the name of the book. The name of the book, Deuteronomy, comes from the Greek word, Deuteronomion, Deuteronomion um, which is a Greek word, it's, uh, it means second law, so this is essentially the second time that the Israelite people are given the law. Um, and then the last third of the book, Moses gives a bunch of kind of parting speeches and a big, you know, hey, let's get up, let's do this, let's, and then he dies. So that's how Deuteronomy goes and then they eventually get to go into the Promised Land. Um, Today, we're going to uh, hang out kind of in that first part. And prior to chapter six, we're going to be in chapter six. Prior to chapter six, Moses had just finished recapping all the Ten Commandments, right? So he had just finished recapping the Ten Commandments. And then in chapter six, he uh, repeats, or not repeats, he speaks from God this overarching, all-encompassing, commandment. If you do this, you will have done all the other commandments, right? Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So the central the central theme of what we're talking about today is in those verses 4 and 5. That's the central theme. We're going to talk verse 4 through 12 because we want to answer three questions today. The first is this What does God want me to do? That's a good thing to know, right? And you don't have to go past this slide. But the second one is, how does he want me to do it? And the third one is, why is it so important in the first place? So that's what I'm going to do today. What does God want me to do? This is good stuff. Like, if we know this and we do it, we win. God wins. So what does he want me to do? How does he want me to do it? And why does it matter in the first place? So, um... So let's go, and I'm going to read, if you would follow along, um, Deuteronomy 6. We're going to read 4 through 12. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might. And these words I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you you eat and are full, then take care, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. So that's the body of Scripture that we're going to talk about today. Let's start with the what, okay? What does God want me to do? What does God expect of me? And I'm going to read this one more time because I think it's important. Well, actually, yeah. And you can you can bring it down on the on the screen again. This is verses four and five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. That word here, in Hebrew, is a word shema. Everybody say shema, shema. shema you can say it better than I can. Shema. I emphasize the E a little bit too much, apparently. Shema. Um, It means hear or to listen. Um, As a point of interest, that Hebrew word, Shema, to hear or listen, is actually what Jewish people call this passage of scripture, Deuteronomy 6, four through five. They call it the Shema, and it is the foundational, the primary undergirding scripture of everything that they believe and everything that they do. Um, they actually recite it at least twice a day, probably more than that, but at least twice a day during their morning and their evening prayers. So, um, so, so that's, that's what we're dealing with here, and in this scripture, there are two commands. If you bring that back up, that scripture, there are two commands. The first one is, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and with all your might. Okay? Um, oh, by the way, kiddos, you all have a piece of paper here. We have answered number one. The word Deuteronomy means second law. I should have been keeping up with this. Thank you, Jennifer. The word Deuteronomy means second law. Write that in so you can get your candy. Um, and we're only on the second one, which is there are two commands in this scripture. Kiddos, you're smarter than I am. Figure it out from looking at the slide what they are. Right? No, there's two commands. It's here and love. We already talked about Shema a little bit. It means hear. But this isn't like just to passively hear something, like I'm cruising down the road and there's music playing and I kind of hear it. This is a different kind of hear. This is a listen and act, or listen and respond. Maybe the best word that we can use is obey, right? So that's kind of the first command. Shema means to hear and obey. That's 3A, 3A. Hear and obey on this thing. Um, And there's another there's another command in here, and that's love, right? Ahava, everybody say ahava. Ahava, Ahava. awesome. This is um, this is not just an emotional thing. It's certainly not like I love a McDouble and a Diet Coke kind of love. I mean, I do. It's different. It's not a groovy kind of love for all of you Phil Collins fans out there. Um, this is different. This is a kind of love that causes us to devote ourselves to God. Okay? So, Shema, hear, obey. Ahava, love, devote yourself to God. Those are the two commands. That is the what. Okay, That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to obey and devote ourselves to him. Clear? Awesome. That's the what. Yay. Keep doing that, whoever's doing that. Um, so we got the what. Now let's talk about the how for a minute. And we're going to, in order to do this, we're going to go th- from verses 6 through 9, and we're going to handle them individually, okay? Okay. Um, So let's go to Deuteronomy 6.6. So it was obey and love, devote ourselves to God. The next verse is Deuteronomy 6.6, and it says, and these words I command you today shall be on your heart. So the words that he's talking about specifically are the Ten Commandments and this giant overarching commandment, right? Right? But the first part of the how that we can obey God and devote ourselves to him is to, um, is to plant this word deep in our hearts, right? So we got to read it first, and you got to meditate on it, okay? So that's the first how. Let's go to Deuteronomy 6-7. So we're reading God's word and we're meditating on it. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says you shall teach them diligently, these words, you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So the first way, the first how, is that we read and meditate on God's word. The other one is that we share it, okay? And I keep missing this thing up. Uh, okay, so we got how. Ahava means love. Okay, uh, number four. Uh, the first how. Well, actually, we'll, we'll recap this in a minute. So I'll catch up with this, kiddos. Um, but the second way is you share it. You don't just meditate on it and keep it in your heart and, and think about stuff. You do it and you share it. That is the second how. Okay? Um, okay, let's move on. And let me talk about parenthood for just a second, actually. The first group of people that God says to share it with is your children. This is the manner in which the generational blessing occurs by sharing with our children. There are other scriptures just before it that talks about your son and your son's son. There's one, Deuteronomy 7 9, that talks about a thousand generations, a thousand generations. Share it with your children. Share it with your children. And if you don't have kiddos, you're not off the hook. And you don't have to blow this part off. Why? Because it says, and you shall talk of them, talk of his law, talk of his commands. When you sit at your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, everybody can do this and should do this. That's the second part of the how. All right. Let's move on to Deuteronomy 6.8. The next part of the how is, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Um, I think the first one we have, oh yeah, okay. So so in Jewish tradition, they actually took this verse very, very, very literally. There's a these little leather boxes called phylacteries or tefillin, tefillin. Tefillin, tefillin, see this is why. I don't know why you sat in the front row today, but I could not be more excited about it. Okay, (laughs) yeah. So, so tefillin, or phylacteries. Phylacteries is harder to spell, let me just tell you. Um, But these are little, little leather boxes. And when, especially during the morning prayers, when uh, observant Jews, Orthodox Jews primarily, go to pray, they'll tie these and um, is there a picture? Yeah, there's pictures of them right there, leather boxes. One tied on their arm and one tied between, or one like strapped on their head between their eyes. Super, super, super literal. Fine. And inside these little leather boxes, just so you know, there are four primary scriptures um, and we can talk about them later. I won't belabor it, but it's Exodus thirteen nine, Exodus 13, 16, Deuteronomy 6, 8, and Deuteronomy 11:18. 18. Those are all tied together very um, intricately um, and they're very similar to each other, honestly. Um, you can look them up later, like I said, after service, if you want to talk about it, we can. I can tell you what they are again. Um, so anyway, that's a very literal way of doing it. We can also, as Christians, do this very literally. How many silicone bracelets have you seen that say WWJD or, you know, whatever? That's awesome. That's perfect, okay? I have this thing. There's a picture of it. So here's the deal about this bracelet. Um, It's made of paracord, right? I was a pilot in the Air Force for 25 years. Paracord is useful for many, 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 many things. Most notably as a pilot in the Air Force, it's used to save your life because it is the thing that connects you to the parachute. And if your airplane starts burning and things start going terribly and you don't wanna go down with a burning airplane, you have an option to, to hop out, have a parachute on you, connected by this. And so this reminds me of God, the rescuer. The one who rescued the Israelites out of Egypt, and the one who sent his son to rescue me from <laughs> eternal terribleness, okay? So that's the, that's the cord part. All right, um, oh, there's this little compass. You can't see it on the picture. You probably can't see it up here, but just trust me, that little green dot thing is a compass. Not many people use compasses these days. They use GPS. GPS, compasses, I don't care what you use, they show you the way to get to Walmart, right? Or the way to get whatever. But this reminds me of something more important about the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So when I look at this thing, I think, Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. How awesome is that? I can just look at my wrist. And there's another cool thing um, (laughs) on this. And here's this other feature. Can you see that? That's That's fire! Literally and figuratively, vernacular. That's fire. So when John the Baptist was baptizing people in the Jordan River, and Jesus came up to him kind of for the first time to get his baptism... He said, I baptize with water, but Jesus, this guy right here, he baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire, right? And so, and so, it's a different kind of fire, I get it. But it's fire, and that's what makes me think of the Holy Spirit and praise God that he is the fire that leads us and guides us. So, that's, so this is a literal way you can do it as a Christian. I don't care how you do it. Frankly, I don't care if you do it. I don't care if you wear something on your wrist or on your eyes or whatever. It doesn't matter because here's what the point is about the how in this part of the scripture. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Let's do this. Let's pretend that God's scripture and his guidance and his commands are before our eyes at all times so that the things that we see, we see them through God's eyes. And the things that we do, we do them as if they are God's hands. That's what we're talking about here. That's the how. That's how you obey and you love God. All right, one more before we go to the why. All right, um, Deuteronomy 6, 9. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. There's this thing, correct me, please. Mezuzah. Mezuzah. Okay, not Mezuzah, Mezuzah. Go ahead and show the picture. It's these things, these like little capsules that you can put on your doorposts. They even have Shrek ones. And what's the other one? Uh... Minions, I saw that one, for the kids' rooms. I don't know, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. All I'm saying is the Jewish traditionally take this very literally, and they put this Shema that we're talking about today whoop, inside that mezuzah, and they put it on their doorpost. That's very literal, right? Sheen for God's heart. What's that? Sheen for God's heart. Yes, sheen is that W-looking thing, right? Right? I had a picture before of one that had the little fish deal, and that's like Messianic Jews that do that, right? Because it's the sign of the way. Um, anyways, so, um, so this is how they do it very literally. For a Christian, you got really two options. You can use Post-it notes or Hobby Lobby. Those are your two options, right? <laughs> so those are the Christian ways to do it. Um, but here's, here's the reality. Hobby Lobby signs are fetching, and they're awesome. We've got them all over our house, and they're great. Um, But here's the reality. The reality is, I don't care what you put on your walls, unless it doesn't honor God, then take that down. But your house needs to be a place of prayer and a place of worship. Okay, That's the point of this scripture. That's the last how. All right, so if you are filling this rascal out... Number four, how does God want us to love and obey him? For A, um, read and share God's word. That's the blank. For B, use your eyes and hands to glorify God. And for C, make your home a place of worship. And now we're going to wrap it up with the why. There are two reasons that I want to tell you about why today. Why we should do this. And the first one is because Jesus Christ... Our Savior himself said that we should do this. So if you do not believe me, or you don't believe for some reason, Deuteronomy, bad idea, but if for some reason you don't, Jesus said it, okay? So here's the scene. This is in Mark 12. It's also in Matthew. I think it's even in Luke. But Mark 12, uh, Jesus is having a little discussion, we'll call it, with Pharisees and Sadducees. They're in a little sparring match intellectually and spiritually with Jesus. Spoiler alert, Jesus wins. Jesus wins. Right? Um, But as this is going on, one of the wiser of the Pharisees comes up and that person says to Jesus, and let's just read it, Mark 12, 28 through 30. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, Jesus answered them well, asked him, asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important commandment is here, O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength what is the most important commandment they asked Jesus Jesus said Shema and Ahava that is the most important commandment Shema and Ahava obey and love that's what Jesus said Trust him, don't trust me. So this is not an Old Testament thing, this is not a Jewish people thing. This is from the mouth of the Savior, Amen. okay? And number two, the reason that we should do this, the reason that we should do the what and the how is because God loves us with an everlasting love. He shows it time and time again. I know this about myself, and so I probably know this about every single person in this room. We mess up a lot. And Jesus hasn't left me yet. I'm still up here. Not only hasn't he left me, he's let me scream at you for however many minutes. Right? He loves us so, so much. So, I'm not going to put it up here because I forgot to make this slide. But um, Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12 says this, and we read it before. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, and cisterns that you do, did not build, That uh, I'm sorry. With great and good cities that you did not build. With houses full of all good things that you did not fill. And cisterns that you did not dig. And vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat it and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord. God gave the Israelites everything. They didn't have to build their houses. They didn't have to fill their houses. They didn't have to dig a hole for water. Didn't have to plant their grapes. And then he gave them the most important gift of all his presence. I want to be with you. That's what he did. Perhaps you agree with me when I say this sounds very familiar to me. I bring nothing of salvation value to the table. I bring nothing. Jesus knows this. And so he did all the work. And all he asks is bring your your little obedience and your little love. I'll be honest, I, I don't see how my little obedience, my little love would make a difference to the Lord of all creation. He, can, he knows everything. He can do everything, anything he wants to do. Millions of people love and follow him. There is no reason at all that my broken love and my broken obedience, tiny as they are, should make a difference to him. No reason at all. But it does. In fact, it makes all the difference to him. It is the very reason that he created us in the first place. And it is the thing that brings him the greatest joy of anything ever, is our love and our obedience. So here's my challenge to everybody in this room, but let's talk to dads really quickly. And I'm not gonna run through all the categories. If you are a male adult, then you can be a dad to somebody because there's somebody out there that needs your love and your guidance. So let me just say that. So here's my challenge. Make the decision today to love and obey the Lord. Do that by giving your life over to Jesus Christ and dying to him daily, every single day. God, I bring nothing, you bring everything, I give it all to you. That's what you need to do. And then tell your children that you've done it and all the reasons why. So your choice to do that will do two things. Number one, it'll make the heart of God happy. And number two, as we alluded to before, Let me just say this, I don't care if you are the beneficiary of generations of Jesus-loving people who have served him and you've had great examples your entire life, or if you are the first person who has stepped into the love of Christ in your entire family forever. It doesn't matter. What matters is this, I mean it does matter. Blessed are those who have had the example, right? So much also are blessed are those who have taken the step So what matters now is the future and it's upon your shoulders. The future is yours to take and if you choose Jesus today and you choose to share that with your children, it will make the heart of God happy and you will find yourself blessed. And favored by God for a thousand generations. You and your children, and their children, and their children, and their children. children. Let's pray. God, you are so good. Jesus, you love me more than I can ever imagine. Right now, pierce the hearts of people in this room today. Pierce our hearts so that we will be compelled to give our hearts to you. For ourselves, yes. To make you happy, yes. But for those who come behind us. God, we praise you and we thank you because you are faithful in all things. And we give all of these things to you in your holy name. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I want to ask you to do three things. First, subscribe and share our podcast with others. Second, if God is up to something in your life, we'd love to hear from you at at c 2 churchcom And finally, if you've benefited from this ministry, help us reach others by investing today at c2church.com/give.